Good morning, everybody. Good Erev Shabbat Shalom to all my friends listening around the world. I hope you're listening around the world. I know it's very close to Shabbos in Israel. I know it's already Shabbos in Australia. <laughs> my mum actually has to uh, listen on the Tuesday show or on the archives. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. I am actually Naomi Nachman, otherwise known as the Aussie Gourmet. I am a food writer, a food photographer, a little bit of a food photographer with my iPhone. I love to take pictures of food. I'm a big, big foodie, and I'm also, most importantly, a personal chef. Actually, I think I should say most importantly, I'm a mum. <laughs> but um, I'm a personal chef, and I run catering business, and I do cooking classes, and now I've been giving this wonderful opportunity by the Nachum Siegel Network, thank you, Nachum, and to Miriam Wallach, the station manager, to uh, have this wonderful show called Table for Two, where we're going to share all our food ideas and wine ideas and any food events that you would like to share with me or bake sales I can share with all the information with our listeners, please let me know. You can contact me through my website, www.theossigourmet.com. My show sponsor this week is Traditions Out in the Five Towns. Big shout out to my friend Scott and Eileen Fagan, who are the owners of Traditions. They are one of my favorite restaurants. I will be checking out their menus very soon because we've got Purim sort of coming up and I'm really busy taking Pesach orders. So I'm thinking if I'm a little busy with that, we're definitely going to have to get some food from Traditions. And I, I'll, uh, I always say this, their chicken gumbo soup is the best in the world. I, I've tried to replicate it and I just can't. And I'm a big, big fan of trying to, oh, if they can make it, I can make it, but I really can't make their chicken gumbo soup. I have three amazing guests today. I have on the phone, who will be coming on in a couple of minutes, is Danny Mushmeyer, all the way from Neve Daniel in the Gush Etzion area in Israel. He's, is actually the executive, I can't talk. He is the executive director of the Young Israel Organization in Israel. And he's got an unbelievable um, job right now, putting together Mishloch Manon. And he's going to tell us all about that when we get him on in a couple of minutes. And I'm going to have Jay Booksbaum, the uh, head of Kedem Wine Royal Wines. He's the Vice President of Marketing and the Director of Wine Education. He's going to be coming in to talk to us. And then I have my friend, Hannah Bienenstock, who's going to be talking to us about Kulano and their amazing bake sale that they're going to have in just a week away from today, I believe. Six days. So she's going to start on Tanit Esther, but she is going to talk to us in person towards the end of the show. So I hope you're going to enjoy today's show while you cook away and listen to me while I talk and you get to listen in and share some of my fun food adventures today and that I've had during the week. Now we've got our first guest on the phone, Danny Mushmeyer. Hi, Mush. Can you hear me? Hi, Naomi. Hi, how are you? Baruch Hashem. Shalom from Nevei Daniel Arab Shabbat. Oh, thank you. It's great. It's great to hear your voice. Mush and I go back... I don't know, I want to say maybe more than 30 years. Welcome. Naomi, it's lovely to hear from you again. It's great. It's always good to talk to an old friend, especially to you. Mosh, you're doing some really exciting things in Israel for Purim. You want to share that with me? Because I, I, so, I got an email and I was so excited. Okay, Naomi. We at the Young Israel Movement here in Israel, we've just finished with a one-year seminary in Yeshiva students from America, packing 3,500 Mishloach for the Chayalim, oh, together with the World Mizrahi Organization and the Zionist Organization of America. And next week, we'll be going to the Navy and the Army to distribute all of them. One by one, every Chayal will receive one. 
and we're just very excited to, to be part of it all. And some of my listeners can actually sponsor some of these, some of these uh, Mishloch Monad, I believe. That's correct. If you go to the website, www.yimanot.org, you can get involved. You can send Mishloch Monad to people in Israel or directly to the soldiers through us. Well, so I could actually send my daughters in MMY. Big shout-out to my daughter, Simi, in MMY. Shout-out to MMY as well. Um, I could send her Mishloch Manot to her through your organization. And also at the That's same correct. time, I can send some to some Chayalim. And on top of that, you can also give Matanot Le'avionim to the poor people in Shterot on the same website, org. Thank you so much. I know that you're going to be running to shul in a few minutes. You've got to finish getting ready for Shabbos. I just want to give a shout-out to two very special people in New York that have been involved in this project for 15 years. Sure. That would be Mr. Mayor Mishkoff, the president of the American Friends of Israel Hatzair, and Mr. Ruben Margolis, the head of the Brooklyn chapter of the ZOA. And I'd like to thank all your listeners for always participating in our campaigns. The Chayalim really, really enjoy it. If anyone wants to email me via Naomi a letter to give to the Chayalim, that means as much to them as the food that you care so much and love them. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Give my best to the family, and hopefully we'll see you really soon. Okay, good Shabbos, and keep up all the great work, Naomi. Okay, Shabbat Shalom. Thanks, Mush, for coming on. Shabbat Shalom. Good Shabbos. Bye. I'd like to welcome our next guest. I have Jay Buxbaum in the studio this morning. He is the Vice President of Marketing and the Director of Wine Education for Royal Wines. Welcome, Erev Shabbos. You came down to the studio. Oh, thank you, Nomi. It's so exciting to be here in this studio with a person who's like from, got this great accent. Oh, you know? thank you. <laughs> Something I was born with. <laughs> but no, thank you so much for coming on my show. It's my, my only my third week, and to have someone so as important as you come down means a lot to me, and someone I appreciate food, especially wine, so much. that uh, It's great to have you. Great to be here. Okay, so let's talk about, you know, interesting wines. We we had a great show last week at the Kosher Food and Wine Show. I know that you had, you were very involved with that. Yes, yes, yes. I have to tell you, the Kosher Food and Wine Show this year was the biggest and most successful of all the years. Uh, I'll tell you three things that I noticed that I really thought was wonderful. Okay. Number one, um, there were very few people that were getting drunk as in past years. And I was so happy to see that because what it meant was, first of all, that we didn't expose people to the dangers of alcohol. Right, right. And second, that they were really much more serious about their, you know, about tasting rather than just drinking. The second thing that I noticed was that the crowd was far younger. Yeah. Uh, as a general rule. I thought it was much younger this year uh, than it had been in years past. And, um, and of course, the third thing was is that uh, more than ever, uh, every single ticket was sold out weeks in advance. And so I, my message here for that, on that score is to tell everybody to when you have the chance to get the tickets next year, when they send the emails out, get them because we are going to be, I mean, God willing, you know, if we God need a bigger bit, venue. We need a bigger I, venue. I but guess then so. it gets too big. Then it gets too big. It get, could be a little overwhelming. I, I, it's such a gorgeous place. I know. You I know? love it. It's I so love it great. And, and we, a couple of years ago, we divided uh, the press and trade to a different time slot, so mm. it made more room for uh, more consumers. But, you know, that view of the water, oh, the water and, and the, the, the skyline in Jersey, which is really cool, and it's just it was just stunning. And the food this year. Outstanding. Lots of people were telling me that it was upgraded, even though it was it was 
to the um, to the credit of the vendors that came. You right. know, all those I always think twenty eight different restaurants. I always think the food is outstanding, and you know everyone tries to outdo themselves, and they really do. I I said last week on the show that when the minute you see the publicity for the kosher food and wine show, you must jump on it because I know it, it sells out really fast. Yeah, it does. A um, couple of a uh, couple of highlights, if okay, you will. Yeah, please. Uh, for the first time, we showed. Um, Tulip wines at this big event for the first, which is a brand new, well, it's brand new kosher. Uh, it's been around in Israel for many years. What's really interesting about Tulip is, is that it's in a place called the City of Hope, okay. which is a kibbutz or a moshav, I'm not sure which, that employs only mentally disabled adults. And these mentally disabled adults are the ones that actually work and run the winery. Unbelievable. With some very few exceptions, they really, they really do all the, the hard lifting, you know? So it's really a great story besides being some really delicious wines. You had the Flam winery there, which was really wonderful because, um, Gilad and Golan, who are the, uh, respectively, who are the marketing person and the winemakers, dad was the first winemaker for Carmel that was actually professionally trained in UC Davis in California. So they have that tradition and they're bringing that tradition to this tiny boutique winery called Flam. You had new wines from France. You had new wines from Tsuba. Uh, I think one of the only, if not the only, completely and wholly estate bottled winery. And I'll explain to you, to yeah, your what listeners, does that mean? <laughs> what estate bottled means. Yeah. What it means is that, you know, most of the wineries in Israel and, and to their credit, plant vineyards, but the vineyards aren't surrounding or necessarily owned by their winery. They could be owned by a grower, and they are contracted to the winery. They could be near the winery but not at the winery. In the case of Tsuba, every single grape that they use comes from their own vineyards, which surrounds the winery, which is on the kibbutz. It's interesting also, Tsuba, their main business is making bulletproof glass <laughs> for the world over, especially wow. for the United States military. So there's an interesting story behind that. Maybe their wine bottles are bulletproof. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, well, I don't know about that. Um, but you also had some really wonderful wines from Goose Bay that were yeah. brand oh, new. That's from my neck of the woods. Ah, Pinot yeah. Noir that was wonderful nice. and a yeah. Fumé, which is really a Sauvignon Blanc that is aged in oak. Really delicious. And, you know, I mean, I've spoken, I, I don't know if I've spoken to you about this at length, but I'm really on a soapbox to get people to drink much more white wine. Oh, that's me. Hello. Yeah, there yes, you go. We, we, actually, we, we did. Sp- right, exactly. You know, what I found really interesting when I went over to different vendors at the at the food and wine show and I would like, what do you have in white? They looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> we don't serve white wine here. I'm not a big red wine drinker. I don't well, like you know, if I you, love white wine. If you drink responsibly, and I'm going to get the segue into that okay, in a moment, good, especially good. this time of year. But if you drink responsibly and you have your one to two glasses a day. A okay, day. Yeah, which is not irresponsible. Right. Okay. Then you don't want a heavy, rich wine with your pasta and tomato sauce, you know, right. and you don't want a heavy, rich wine with your hamburger or with your pizza or with whatever you're eating on any given night. You want something that's more yep. accessible, more drinkable, more easy on the palate and on the stomach. And I think white wines serve a much greater, uh, you know, much greater diversity of let's, foods. Let's that be our campaign together. Drink more white wine. Drink more white I, wine. I like a Zinfandel, a rosé. I actually, I'm, Cannot remember the name. Drapier. Drapier Champagne. They had oh, a my champagne, gosh. a brute. Is that yes, possible? Yes. Rosé. I was in love with it. I a should be there. Noir. 
their customer service <laughs> at spokesman because I was pulling everybody there. I thought that was outstanding. Also like the Murad wine. I'm a white wine girl, but I like passion fruit being an Australian. We grew up in a lot of tropical fruits right. and the, that passion fruit wine. I know it's very sweet. It's very desserty, but that was like outstanding. I think, I think, uh, the Murad wines, uh, are really a great example of something that comes from Israel. Just as a, an alert to all yeah. of your listeners, it is Shahakol. So you cannot use that for Kiddush. Okay, so maybe we should put a little sign out next year. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot use it for Kiddush. But what's interesting about it is that most most winemakers will be horrified at what I'm about to tell you that they love, and that is they think it's a great mixer. It so is. You, I had some cocktails there yeah, that were made can, with a Marad, you know, passion fruit or the pomegranate wine. Right. You make you 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 mix Marad with uh, Bartonura Moscato or even Bartonura Prosecco, both sparkling wines. A delicious little cocktail there. Oh, yeah. You mix it with some juices, delicious cocktail. You can even put in some vodka, perhaps. So we, Purim Sura, think Purim Sura. Open a starters to some wine. You can put some of these cocktails out. I, I'm going to get, uh, I'll get to Purim in just a moment, but I, I really want to take a step back. Sure. And I've been doing this for years with Nachum, and I think it's important. There's twice a year that I get on my soapbox about about drinking responsibly. And I think this is this is one of yep. those times. It's Purim and it's Simchus Torah, right before Purim and right before Simchus Torah, and we are here before Purim. So I, I just want to talk about that for a moment. Sure. We are supposed to drink on Purim. Yes. Till you don't know the difference between good and evil, between Hum and Mordechai, etc. And that's fine, okay? But we really have to be careful about drinking responsibly. Drinking responsibly means if you're going to drink in excess... Do not drive. If you're going to drink in excess, make sure that nobody who's underage is part of that. Besides the fact that it's illegal, I mean, you can be arrested. They can take your car away. If, God forbid, something happens you're a murderer. to them or to somebody else that they affect, you're responsible. Yeah. And I think, you know, you know, ask your local rabbi, but I don't think there's a rabbi on earth that will that will uh, you know will um, contradict me on this, but you can ask your local rabbi. He, you know, hopefully they'll confirm the same thing. Yes. Be very careful. Also, you know, very often you will have young people that will want wine, and they'll say, "Well, my dad allows it." That's their dad. Their dad wants to give it to them. Their mom wants to give it to them. That's their responsibility. Even, and I do this all the time, and some people get upset with me, especially when I get go away for Pesach. You know, I'm doing a wine tasting and the kids will come over with their parents and they'll say, it's okay, you can give them. And I'll say, no, you give them. I'll right. pour it to you. You want to give it to them, you no, can give it to them. True. And it's so true. If you're not 21 and that's the age, if you're not 21 years or older, do not serve a minor. Can I ask, is that across the country? I, I sound like an... 21 in, is across the country. country. It's not like Australia. It's not like Israel, which yeah, is 18. 18 in Australia and in Israel. Yeah, but it is across the country. It's universal. Um, I'm not sure whether it's universal because it's a federal law or because all the states have agreed right. and made their own laws at 21, but it is universal. Every state is 21 or older. Um, also, you know, there is, uh, and I just did this recently with, uh, I showed this to Brenda, my wife, my lovely, wonderful wife. Uh, oh, unbelievable. So She's really great. Um, but I showed, you know, there is something, and you can look this up online, there's something called the BAC calculator. I think there's also an app, maybe. Yeah, it could phone. be. The BAC calculator is is the um, blood alcohol uh, calculator. Um, I will tell you that the blood alcohol calculator, for legal purposes, 
in my view, uh, it, people should not make this mistake, it, it is even even the even even below the blood alcohol level for DUI, meaning driving under the influence, is 0.08. And according to many, the weight, so on that that they give you to put to uh, put in as part of the calculation, can show as much as three or four bottles yep. within an hour. Okay, but you have to be clear that that does not mean. First of all, it means that you can perhaps depending on your weight and size, you can drink the amount that they're telling you, but that means you have to wait an hour with no drinking until that blood alcohol goes back, goes, goes back below it. All right? It doesn't mean drinking it over the hour. So it's 0.08 in this country. In Australia, it's 0.05. Yeah, and it's 0.08. I think that's frankly too high. And I think yeah. that even though you might not get a ticket for DUI, they can still arrest you and take your license away, etc., for driving while intoxicated, you know, or driving erratically, etc. So be very careful if you feel that you've drunk a little bit too much. Do not drink and drive. It's really illegal and dangerous. And by the way, even if you're not held responsible, if uh, meaning by law, if you hurt somebody, they can still sue you right. and, and, you know, they can still hold you responsible criminally if not, you know, if not and also, uh, according to you know, the DUI watch laws. Watch out for your friends also. Yeah. Like you have to yeah. have your friends back. What if there's a sign, a logo here, friends don't let friends, friends drink, drink and drive. Drink and drive. Right. So, you know, we got to watch out for each other. And It's great to drink, you know, responsibly. It's smart to drink responsibly and correctly. It is not great to drink irresponsibly or to drink and drive or to give underage children, uh, underage adults even, uh, People alcohol. think it's funny and it's really not. It's really not. Um, I will tell you, let me dispel some rumors, uh, you know, some myths and rumors, etc., there's something called equivalency. A lot of people ask me, Jay, well, isn't it because, don't I get sick because you mixed wine and whiskey? Isn't there a poem about that? Whiskey and wine before dawn. Yeah, there's a poem and about Before it's whiskey. time or something? Yeah. I don't know. I, I know I've heard of it, yeah. but I, I don't know what I'll it is. So I, I gotta go back to school for yeah. <laughs> oniology school to learn that poem again, right? That limerick. <laughs> you know? That's right. <laughs> okay. But I will tell you that, um, it's just not true. Um, equivalency is equivalency, equivalency, which means that one and a half ounces of whiskey, 40%, which is 80 proof whiskey, is equivalent to five ounces of 12 and a half percent wine, which is equivalent to approximately five and a half percent, uh, 12 ounces of beer. They're all the same. Okay. So alcohol is alcohol. So, and you can look this up online, what the equivalencies are. But just because you have, if you have a glass, if you just keep drinking whiskey, that doesn't mean that it's better than drinking one glass of five-ounce wine with one glass of whiskey, which you think will get you more sick. No. What is perhaps true is that sweeter wines, especially those that are sweetened, can affect you not um, alcoholic-wise, but can affect your stomach, can affect you stomach-wise and might upset your stomach. Might upset your stomach, um, might upset your stomach. So that, that can affect you, you know, sweeter wines can affect your stomach depending on whether you're a- averse, averse to sweeter or sweets in general. So those are some of the things. Um, those are some of the things that, you know, I, I say this and, and some people think it's kind of, disgusting, but I always like to repeat it at least once before okay. Purim and once before Simchas Torah. When I was a kid, I did this too, and I'm not proud of it. 
but it's no fun to bend over the curb, you know, puking your guts out. They you call know, it in Australia praying to the porcelain. Yeah, you know, people think, uh, kids especially, and young people and even adults sometimes, unfortunately, think that, you know, let's get drunk to the point of no return. Well, guess what? At that point, when you're sick as a dog, that's no fun. Let's have some fun and let's get drunk. That's no fun. Drink responsibly. Uh, and uh, I'm sure you, I'm sure, you know, it, it'll all turn out well and you'll have a, you'll have a great time during Purim and during Pesach. And you have to be also Pesach. worried about b- blood alcohol poisoning. That's a big thing that gets, you know, now the, also people aren't unaware that you think you can choke on the vomit. I know it sounds gross, but, um, blood alcohol poisoning can kill you. People have died from blood alcohol level. And, you know, just to give you a perspective of what that means, it means that your blood is so loaded with alcohol that you can't breathe, meaning that your blood can't breathe. There is no oxygenation of blood. It's all alcoholic, and you die as a result of not no oxygenation. It's all your blood. Your blood cells are filled with alcohol rather than with the proper amount of oxygen that should be in there. So blood alcohol levels are really. I mean, blood alcohol poisoning is true and is real and can kill you. I've actually heard of. I, I want to warn people about this. I thought I shut this off. My goodness. <laughs> these cell phones these days. I thought I shut this off. I want to warn people about this. Um, let me just shut that off. I want to warn people about this. There are kids. This is a, a well-known story. It's not a myth, and you could look it up online. There's, you know, you can look up anything online these right, days. Absolutely. But there's a well-known story about a girl in college. I don't think it was a Jewish situation, but she was at some kind of party, and she drank way too much, and she was really worried that her parents would take the car away or her you know, scholarship or whatever it was. And so she went, and her friends plied her with water and water and, and water and water. And she died of water And she died of water poisoning. I know. I remember Same story. That. Uh, just like the just like the blood alcohol level could be too high and therefore suffocate you, the water alcohol level was too high, and it suffocated her. So you got to be careful. Um, also, don't think that coffee can straighten you out or that it reduces the alcohol level. Still remains the same. It just makes you a more wide awake drunk, as they say. So those are some of the things I wanted to share with everybody. And now that we've done that. Um, we can talk. We can talk about delicious, wines. Delicious wines. Delicious wines. Delicious wines. Man, you know, just one more comment okay. before we get to the delicious wines. And this is for the teetotalers and for those who are young of age who are not going to be drinking wine. Got a whole bunch of sparkling grape juices yes. that you yes. can make them all feel part of the whole party. Shirley Temples. We yeah. can have some Shirley Temples. Exactly, Mike exactly. Shirley so, Temples. But, but even, you know, if it's straight wine, pour them a sparkling, a glass of sparkling Concord or a glass of sparkling Catawba or a glass of sparkling uh, grape juice from Kedem, and they can feel like they're having champagne well, and, with the adults. And you can you can garnish the glass with a nice wedge of uh, citrus fruit. You know, you can um, put some uh, salt rim or sugar rim on the edge of their glass too, so it looks just as fancy for them as it does for the adults. Right. So, right. Uh, what have you got for us? What so, you know, the, every everybody asks about okay, so I have to drink a bunch of wine for Purim. So, but I don't. I want to do it slowly and over a long period of time, and I don't right. want that much alcohol, etc. What are some of the suggestions? Right. Lighter on the alcohol. Lighter side. on the alcohol. Cream Malaga. Cream red. Okay. Cream Malaga. Shout out. That is my husband's favorite wine. I know it's like. Four dollars a bottle. That is his favorite wine. There you go, Smee. I said it on the radio. <laughs> there you go. And you have um, um, cream, cream red Concord, mm-hmm. 
also a lower alcohol wine, and you have Concord Cal. Now, Concord mm-hmm. Cal is even as low as, I think, 3%. Three, 3%. Yeah, yeah even 3%. So, too. you know, here are wines that, again, can make you feel like you're part of the party without getting you too drunk too fast. Right. Or too alcoholic too fast. And we, we'll talk about a little bit more about when for Seder wine, you want sometimes the low alcohol wines, which are definitely those three. And you have in both in Rashi and in Bartonuri, you have the Moscatos ah, and the Joy Vins. Yeah. Those are also about half the alcohol of standard wines. Mm-hmm. Standard wines we consider about 12%, 12.5%. And so these are between 5 and 6%. And these are, you know, delicious, semi-dries, a little bit of fizz to them. And they're available... Um, uh, Malvasia in Bartonora yeah, and Joyvin in, in red. red. Yep. So those people who insist on having red wine for Pesach, but now we're, you know, right before Purim. And I'm sure hopefully we'll be able to come back and talk to you more about Pesach at another. Definitely, at another. definitely. So we'll do a whole Pesach thing. But for Purim, if you want to have red wines or white wines, this is a great, this is a, these are some great wines to gravitate to. Those people who want to get a little bit more serious yep. about their wines, a little bit higher in alcohol, but but still not dry. That's a big phenomenon. I think that, um, uh, thank God, the Herzogs were the most progressive in bringing this to the consumers. Uh, consumers talk dry but drink sweet. Yes, I, I think that's 100% correct. You know, yes. and so finally they came up with a whole series of wines called the Jeunesse wines. <gasps> love it, love it, love it. Because and they're I can't real cab, the- right, they're yeah, real Cabernets. Real Chardonnays with, you know, other, other wine, other yep. grape varieties involved. Um, and they're very serious wines. Yeah. But they're off dry, semi dry, if you will, chillable, even in the red. I love the white one. That is one of and my favorites. There you go. And you and I both uh, were on the soapbox of white <laughs> wine. So, uh, here's a wine for those people who would like to have a, a serious wine, but not, are not ready yet. You know, it's like not from yet. <laughs> you know, not ready yet. I just, I by the way, I the just, white, white I, wine plunge. I have to give a plug to the Project Inspire. I just came from a, from their Shabbaton up in Stanford. My brother was there. Was he really? Yes. Oh, what a wonderful, yeah, wonderful. They loved it. I had all the kids. So inspiring. I I actually think, you know, unfortunately, this and and Nachum will tell you, I do politics from time to time too, oh. little things like that, but. Um, the intermarriage rate and the loss of Jews rate is like something like 52%, you know, and 80% of our Jewish brethren are throughout the country of five, almost six, depending on who you talk to, six million are not observant. It's only 20% that are. And of those 80% that are not observant, here's an interesting statistic for me to share with you all. 80% of them are not even affiliated, which means that they're not connected to a conservative reform. They're not connected to anything, which is very sad. But when I saw what they did at Project Inspire, I believe we really can be reaching a tipping point where if everybody, you and I and every uh, committed, observant person, from person out there goes out and does the shake, as Yaakov uh, Solomon likes to call it, and just invites you know, the non-connected into their homes and into their hearts, I really believe that we can turn things around. I, I actually just on that segue a little bit into um, I did a cooking show this week for an organization called Jay Inspire in Queens. Okay. And they basically take non-observant women to Israel for the first time. Part of That's also part of the Asian It's like yeah. birthright. Exactly. But for mums. That was actually their slogan. Um, they, they went, I did a top of big one, invited me um, at, to do this cooking show and women were there and they spoke about 
how they had never been to Israel. They didn't have much of a connection to Judaism and they went for the first time to Israel and it opened up their hearts and minds to Judaism. There you go. It was absolutely incredible. And no better way to do that with a nice glass of wine. Absolutely. White, (laughs) white wine. Invite them to your home. You know, be careful if the wine is not mavushal so that you can handle it personally. But, um, you know, invite them to your home, have a glass of wine with them, talk about anything, sports, politics, religion. Uh, but, you know, one of the, uh, Rib Moshe Feinstein's Hatzal used to say one of the most horrible sayings in this country that was invented, you know, during the turn of the century and thereafter was, Oy, it's tough to be a Jew. And he used to say, on the contrary, that's a terrible thing to say. It's wonderful to be a Jew. And if we can, if we can pass that message along with a nice glass of Baron Herzog or Bartonura or Weinstock or Rashi, uh, there's no better way to do that. We need some samples right now of all those delicious <laughs> wines. Erev, we'll start the Erev uh, Shabbos. We'll have a Lechaim Erev Shabbos. Uh, another highlight uh, of what was shown, we spoke about this. Um, we spoke, not you and I, but we've spoken about this in the office and also very much at the show. Another highlight and something I think people should taste is a wine called Pacifica, and that's from the uh, north uh, northwestern part of the United States from Oregon and Washington okay. wines. These are really wonderful wines, especially their Pinot Noir and their they, what we call Meritage. It has a co- they have a kosher vineyard there? Yeah, kosher vineyard, kosher winery, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to do all that. And actually, Tours. you know, what's interesting to you personally yeah. is that the guy who makes the wine Pacifica is also the same guy who makes Goose Bay. Oh, really? New from New Zealand? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So he's, he's really done some great work there. Um, we can always... Going and I love jumping around like this because it shows you the breadth and depth of wines that are available. But Rothschild wine is now being made not only in in France but is being made in South America, in Argentina. And there are two wines. There used to be only one called Fletcher's de los Andes, a Grand Malbec. But now there are two. There's a Fletcher's de los Andes Cabernet Syrah blend, both coming from. Uh, from Argentina, both delicious, really, really great wines. Uh, and then going down to Australia. Yeah, you're going to talk about Teal Lake. Great, great range of wines, starting with Altoona Hills, which is yep. a little bit less expensive. It comes in a screw cap. It's fun and light and um, a little bit lower in alcohol about, uh, well, actually, it's not lower in alcohol, but it's still fun and light and fruity wine. It's not sweet. It is dry. Technically speaking, but it's right. got enough fruit in the kind of grapes. Whenever to... we have guests for Shabbos, everyone always brings me Teal Lake, Altoona Hills, uh, Goose Bay wines because they think, you know, a little taste from home. And it's always actually appreciated because they're fantastic wines. Australia and New Zealand have very fertile soil. Yeah. And Australian wines, even in the non-kosher market, are massive around the world. And, and you know, to dispel another myth. Okay. People talk about screw caps. Oh, can't oh. be. It's got to be cheap wine. Thank it's got to be bad wine. I wanted not to ask you true. that. Not true. Not true. Not true. Not true. Most wines that are corked wines are usually corked so that they can, well, they originally traditionally were corked because that was the best seal to make wine when it sits on its side. The liquid goes into the cork, expands the cork, and therefore seals off the bottle. Okay. okay? And that's what you want. You want a really good seal. But I thought I shut this thing off. My goodness. <laughs> uh, let me do that. But in this case, most wines today are, are wines that are not meant for long aging. And so the best seal you can get is actually a screw cap. If it's meant for short-term aging, it's actually a screw cap. The wine will hold better 
and for the period of time that it's needed, two, three, four, maximum four and a half years, that's the best kind of seal. So I never saw it till the, for the, until maybe three, four years ago, right? Is that possible? I think, yes. I think not New, ten years ago. I think ago. New Zealand has actually taken on, if not as a, a law, then certainly as a tra- new tradition for New Zealand wines to make all their Sauvignon Blancs in screw cap. There you go. Uh, there's a wonderful wine called Harkham that comes from South Africa. I especially love their Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Thank you. <laughs> white wine, white wine, white wine, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and, of course, the standard from Australia is Teal Lake. Teal Lake. I, I buy the um, the Rushy de Aussie. Not the Rushy. What's it called? Moscato. Moscato de Aussie. I, I can't help it. The name of my business is called the Aussie Gourmet. We kind of like run with the word Aussie in our family. And Australians love being called Aussies. You know, what's interesting, uh, just to, as a question, as a clar- point of clarification, is it Aussie or it, with a Z sound or is it an S sound? It's actually Aussie with a Z sound. So there's a chant, Aussie, 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 and then everyone goes, oi, 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 and then Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. But it is Aussie with a Z. Uh-huh. But okay. if I say... Even though it's spelled with an S. Even though it's spelled with right? an S because Australia, it's not Australia, it's Australia. Uh-huh. So they kind of like, you know, mess up the pronunciation a little bit. But it's it's purposeful. It's supposed to be that Yeah, way. Aussie. Okay. I'm an Aussie. Aussie, Aussie Gourmet, you are listening to, we'll take a station break at this point so I can say the Aussie Gourmet, you are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman right here on the Nachum Siegel Network and our show is sponsored today by Traditions Restaurant out in the five towns. You can go onto their website www.traditionskosher.com and look at their menus online and remember Purim is coming up. So we can have some of the wines Jay has been talking to us about, but also delicious food that you can order from tradition. So let's talk a little bit more about some wines. One of the things that uh, happens on Purim, of course, is that you give away shlachmanis. And Absolutely. a lot of the people are looking for shlachmanis to give away in the form of wine, wine. or spirits. I'm, I'm going to do that. Cause and, and it's interesting to note that Bartonura, Moscato, comes in a bag if you want it that way, and you can get it in your store. It's a gorgeous, beautiful it's blue bag. It's red velvet? Well, there's one red for the for the red, and there's also a blue, yeah, which I is saw, really gorgeous. I saw it um, actually New Year's Eve. I was buying just not, not for any reason. My husband was off when we went New Year's Eve to the liquor store uh, in the five towns, and um, we saw huge long lines of not Jewish people, non-kosher consumers. I, I want to put it a bit more nice, a bit more delicately. Right. Um, and they were buying this, it looked like a bottle of champagne, but it was the Bartonura in right. a red velvet bag. Right, right. And it wasn't crazy expensive. I know it's delicious because we're big fans. And they were buying it for their New Year's Eve party. So it's really, you know, it speaks a lot for itself when you have non-kosher consumers going after these beautifully bagged wines and beautifully tasting wines. You know, it's interesting, um, uh, Jackie Mason uh, always says in one of his routines, I think it's frankly an insult, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> you know, he says in one of his routines, oh, my daughter, she looks just like a shiksa, you know, as if to say that that's a, a compliment. But the, I, I only tell you that story um, because what's interesting is, is that, you know, a lot of uh, from people, kosher drinkers think that, oh, well, you know, it's good that we have all these nice kosher wines, but they can't compare. Come on. They really can't compare to the non-kosher, right? And the answer is no. Actually, they not only can't they compare, but in most cases, they're better than their non-kosher counterparts. And one example of that, and this is what my point of it, one example of that is Bartonur. Do you know that more than 60 to 70% of Bartonur sales are to non-Jews, not oh just non-kosher. That's they're amazing. to non-Jews, which means we can be real proud, 
you as kosher wine drinkers that we've got something that the Goyim like better right. than you know better than we do. How, how long have they been making um, Bartonora de Asti? Oh, Bartonora Bartonora Moscato, uh, Bartonora Moscato is around. I'm thinking like 11, 12 years. Okay. But it's only been in the last four or five that it's really come on strong. It's unreal. They have gigantic billboards in the five towns on the uh, Rockaway Turnpike of all these. I think. You know, blue. all the all the non-Jewish clubs, I mean, they're all using it. It's, it's very Hilarious. interesting. Yeah. Well, we're really out there. Yeah, I guess so. So so there's nothing, there's no compromise. And you should not, com- I and mean, I tell this to all, I tell this to wine writers all the time, non-Jewish wine writers, New York Times, the wine, expect, the wine spectator, the wine enthusiast, Robert Parker, all these, I tell them, listen, I don't want you to judge what I'm about, you, what I'm about to give you to taste as a kosher wine. Judge it as a Baron Herzog Cabernet or as a, you know, a Teal Lake uh, Shiraz or, uh, you know, from Australia. Judge it for what it is as a non, you know, as just where it's coming from and what it is, not as kosher. I don't want it to be in a kosher category. And more often than not, we'll still get in the high 80s or low 90s and sometimes in the high 90s for many of our kosher wines. Rothschild from, from Rothschild, Baron Edmonds Benjamin Rothschild, great wine, especially if you have that very special someone, a business person or even, you know, a dad or a son-in-law or a cousin or a brother that really enjoys good wine. Give them that for Schlachmanis. And then you can get even higher with the Leo Vils of the world, the Chateau Le Croc, Chateau Parsac, and even the Champagnes. You mentioned mm. Nomi. You're right. Trappier is wonderful. Oh, wow. But you also have the Laurent Perrier, especially oh, the yes, Brut Rosé. That was outstanding also. those that were, I was like hanging out there way too much. You know, I did a, a tasting for Orvidas, another plug for a really great organization, up in Muncie a couple of weeks ago. And lots of the people came over and said, you know, some ladies and men too came over and said, I really like something a little sweet. And I didn't have anything sweet. I said, taste this. And I gave them the drapier and they went, whoa, yeah, was, I really like yeah, this. It and great. it's completely dry. Yeah. You know, so it really depends on those things. One of my favorites is Chateau de la Tour. This is a non-kosher winery making a magnificent wine that is not cheap in the hundreds of dollars a bottle. It's called Clovougeau. So look for that. It's made from 100% Pinot Noir. Uh, an inexpensive wine also from France is, is Cuvée du Centenaire Côte de Rhone. Great wine, about $12, $15, under, certainly under $20. Uh, there's a great, another great wine in Côte de Tricistan, another great wine that, uh, that you can really enjoy. So these are some of the wines. I'm giving you some highlights. The, the amount of wines that come from France are endless. Um, so, so, you know, I, I would love to see I would love to see us more experimenting with more wine. Mutti Herzog says it all the time. Experiment, experiment, experiment. Have yep. fun. Don't be afraid. And if you don't like it, go to the next one right. next time. There's lots of choices out there these days. Wines of Israel. Some really great wines from Alexander. Uh, some really great wines from especially Segal from the Barkan wineries. And if you want to go inexpensive, these, you know, some of the Barkan classics are just. Right. Just wonderful in about 10, 12 bucks a bottle. So what, one of the wineries that has gotten not enough attention, even though it's the one that started it all in fine wines, is, is Baron Herzog. Oh, my favorite. Okay. Can I tell you mine? Go ahead. Royal, late harvest, royal Riesling. The, uh, late harvest Riesling. Right. Saying it right? You are saying it that right. Late harvest fabulous. Riesling. That with some Gravelax 
is the best meal you can have. Interesting. We will, have my husband and I will sit down to a half a side of Gravlax that I make, a bottle of... Why don't you tell people what Gravlax is? Gravlax is I mean, a Norwegian, it. it's a Norwegian salmon recipe that you actually cue yourself. I actually make it, it's a great Pesach recipe also. I make it just about for every Yontif and you cure it with salt, pepper, sugar, dill. You leave it for two days with heavy bricks on top. Um, and then um, you rinse it off after two days and then you just tuck right into it with a nice bottle of uh, late harvest barren riesling. It's a beautiful, beautiful combination of food and flavor together. Well, you know, it's interesting. We have we have several late harvest wines. There's a new orange muscat, uh, which is late harvest. Um, those wines are really good and really delicious and really sweet. What does late harvest mean? Late harvest means they actually wait for the grapes to shrivel on the vine before they pick them. Ooh. So you remember you go to you take a bath for a long time as a child and then you and shrivel your, and your your fingers get all shriveled yeah, up. Yeah. What happens is is grapes the same thing happens to grapes if you leave them on the on the vine too long, the liquid inside which is the water dries up and so it's concentrated more kind of concentrated fruit, sugars and that's how they make up uh, late late can, harvest wine. I can totally hear how that comes together. That yeah. is amazing. But but I will tell you that I will tell you that one of my favorite wines is not their late harvest. Is is and we, here we go again. Baron Herzog Chardonnay. <laughs> Twelve bucks. Yep. Taste it against anything in the non-kosher. I'm not suggesting you taste non-kosher. <laughs> no, no. But you know you know give it to your friends who do you know your non-Jewish friends who drink non-kosher and give them this Chardonnay and they'll go what. This is not $30. This is not $20. This is only $12, $13. They'll be amazed. Great, great bottle of wine. And in general, Baron Herzog and Herzog Wines in general, they have a whole slew of new single vineyard wines, uh, Oak Knoll and um, Generation 8 and Chalk Hill, et cetera, et cetera, that are just wonderful, not inexpensive, but worth every dime, even at sometimes close to $100 or more. Oh, wow. <laughs> but you save that for a very special son-in-law. I would love to have you back, Jay, before Pesach. We will be back before Pesach. We must we'll do talk one of our more. We must, we must talk more about this. And I'd also like to talk about what wines you recommend for even cooking. I'm a big fan of cooking with real wine, none of this, you know, cooking wine, bottle stuff. We'll do a whole thing. So, we can do a whole thing on that. Okay, so. great. So I would love to. We're going to help you in before Pesach. I know the schedule is very tight. We'll talk right. about that. Um, thank you very much for You're coming You're welcome. In today. Just the last parting thought, drink responsibly. Yes. Drink, but drink responsibly. Thank you very much. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. I just had Jay Booksbaum from Royal Wines here with me in the studio. And we've got a couple more things I want to finish up with. Um, in a, I'm going to have my next guest, a friend of mine, Hannah Bienenstock from Woodmere. She works for an unbelievable organization called Kulano. She volunteers for them. I shouldn't say she works for them. And I would love to have her on. We're just waiting for her call to come through. She's going to be talking about um, an event that Kulano's going to be having, a bake sale. But don't just think challah or cheesecake or cookies. They're going to be having a large selection of uh, food that will be available for purchase. So we're going to wait for her call to come in in a couple of minutes. But in meanwhile, some events that are coming up. I wanted to share this with you. I thought it was hilarious. Um. El Al contacted me through a friend of mine, and they wanted to let me know and spread the word that they are having on Purim a Hamantashen eating competition. I thought that was hilarious. So on Purim, which is February 24th, at Congregation Kehilat Yeshurun, I think it's known as KJ in Manhattan in New York City, 
at one o'clock, they're going to be having people competing to eat a um, certain amount of hamantashen within a time frame. And I thought that was very cute. You can, it's free to come in and watch the competition. It's one of, you know, like the hot dog competition on July 4th out in uh, Brooklyn. So this is kind of like the Jewish version of it. How many hamantashen you can eat in five minutes? So I thought that was really cute. More details will come next week. I'm actually hoping to have um, last year's winner. Uh, come on the show and talk about uh, how he did and how he hopes to compete again for this coming title. I think he even gets to win a free trip to Israel. Maybe I should enter into that competition. Also, um, on October, sorry, why am I saying October? I'm jumping ahead in the year. On February 26th, I'm going to be doing a free cooking class in Gourmet Glut in Borough Park at the Aussie's Fish Counter. Remember, that's in Borough Park in Brooklyn. Um, the first 30 people that come into my show, cooking show in uh, Gourmet Glut, will receive a free Joy of Kosher um, magazine. So I hope to see you there. Ask me for the magazine. You'll also get some free recipes of mine and uh, a tasting and a cooking class all for free. Just come into the store. Find me at the Aussie's Fish Counter. I believe my friend Hannah's on the phone. Say am. Hi, Naomi. Hi, Hannah. Thank you for talking to me, Erev Shabbos. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So, Hannah, I've just been telling some of my listeners about what they can hopefully expect next week for Kulano. Can you tell me a little bit about Kulano and and um, what we're going to be having at this bake sale and, I guess, where the bake sale is? Sure. Okay, so first of all, Kulano Center for Special Services is located in the five towns in Cedarhurst, New York, and it's a non-for-profit educational and services program. And they include, you know, many kids that they support them, and they have advocacy services to all individuals and families with special needs. And I'm actually a parent of a Kulano child. So she's been going to Kulano for approximately 10 years. Wonderful. I have a special needs child. Wonderful. And they service the whole community as well, not just you know, one individual type of special needs. Anyone who has some type of you know, concern or need, they, they're a great source to go to. And they actually just teach and teach social skills, educational skills, and many other different skills, and try to include these children into the community. So this event that we're running is one of many events Kulanu runs, and it's our annual Kulanu Perm Cuisine Sale. It's going to be located in the house of Shira Pearl. She's been housing it for many years. She's wonderful. Shira, you're amazing. I'm giving you a big shout-out. She is. She's great. She's great. She's just such a hostess. And, yeah, and full of chesed. Full yes. of chesed. Yeah, she's amazing. And we have a wonderful team that works with her as well, yeah, and a lot of volunteers. And she's located on 56 Willow Road in Woodsburg, New York. Okay, that's part of the five towns. Yes, it's part of the five towns. It's part of Woodmere, and it's going to be on February 21st and February 22nd. Okay, so what days of the week of that? Next? It's going to be next week is Tanis Esther. Okay. Thursday and Friday. Friday. Yes. I, rem- I remember last year I went to the bake sale, and one of the cookies looked so good. I popped one in my mouth, and I'm like, oh, I'm fasting. And then I said, oh, it's not anymore, but it was it was outstanding. They have so many different kinds of food. Yes, I know. It's not just it's not just bakers, which is really nice. It's just a whole cuisine. Right. And people bake, and I know you actually always make a wonderful fish. Yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be making a fish. Actually, Aussie's fish in uh, Gormiglat in Cedarhurst is usually donates the fish to me, so I'm going to be hitting oh, them awesome. up again. Judy, um, yeah, that's a shout out to Judy Schoenfeld from that's Aussie's great. Fish. Yeah, so she donates the fish. I make the recipe, and it's available for sale at the uh, 
Kulano Bake Sale. Oh, great. Great. That, that'll go very quickly, your, your food that you make. <laughs> Thank you. And, and what else can people purchase? Uh, challahs? Yes, there's going to be tons of challahs. Most people from the community actually donate homemade challahs. Mm. They themselves donate. There's nothing wonderful, like wonderful that. bakers in the community. There's also going to be tons of shalach manases that's being put together by Heidi, cool. yeah, Heidi Tolansky and Lassa Sturba are heading that. They've Great been idea. On, and Sashira Pearl, yes. And they've been working on this since the summer. Oh, um, wow. That's a really long time. They must be stunning. I, I know every year I, I, I try to pick up a few they just because they're so they clever and, and creative. Website, if anyone wants to go on the website, kulanukids.org, okay. they can pre-order the Salah Manases and also pre-order some of the food. Hannah, can you spell that out? Sure. Kulanu, K-U-L-A-N-U, kids, K-I-D-S, dot org. Great. And people can order and see. Yes, and they can actually see the actual Shalach Manases on display. Oh, wow. Fantastic. That's really nice. Very, yeah. very creative. I know we spoke at the, um, earlier on in the show to my friend in Israel who can, who you can make arrangements to send Mishlachman or to loved ones in Israel as well oh. and to Chayalim. So this is, you know, you're getting, you're covering all the locals. We do local, correct. Wonderful, wonderful. Yes, yeah, so people can come and then pick them up as they're buying their food for the cuisine. You could buy food for Shabbos, you could buy food for the Perm Suda. And bikers and challahs and kugels and salads. We have hapanash donating. We have traditions donating. We have muzzon donating. So local food vendors are actually donating their merchandise of food, and they, they are tremendously giving with this. Thank you. That, that, uh, thank you to all of those um, vendors and restaurants and caterers. Yeah, That's and really glad. And also the Five Towns Jewish Times is one of our sponsors, and they're just really, really so giving because people walk into their stores or walk into their offices, and they hear the word Kulanu, and they just give, give, give because they know what Beautiful. a special organization it is. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I think I did a cooking class for you guys last year. Yes, you did. You we had amazing. a nice turnout for that. Yeah, yes, no, it was thank great. you so much, Hannah, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And I will see you on Thursday. Okay, awesome. All right, I'll talk to you later. Thanks, have, have a good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Be well. Bye. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. The show is sponsored by Traditions Kosher Restaurant. They are one of my favorite. Big shout out. Big, uh, big shout out to them. <laughs> Got a little tongue tied there for a second. Um, I will be checking out their menu for myself as well as because I'm very busy with uh, cooking for Pesach that I'm going to get a few enhancements from their restaurant. You can actually go onto their website and uh, www.traditionskosher.com and check out their menu. Just a big, really love, big um, heartfelt thanks to them for, for being one of our sponsors. But their chicken gumbo soup is outstanding. And on these cold, cold winter nights, and we've had quite a few of them between last week's storm, and yes, I got home, thank God, okay, from from uh, driving home through a bit of a snow and sleet last Friday. Um, but I've been, you know, talking this week with my family, and people have been asking, what are you making? And I guess this will be the segue into what's for dinner segment. Um, and I've been making a lot, a lot of soups. Um, I've been going to the supermarkets and just buying, um, been cheating a little bit. I buy buying the pre-cut cubed up butternut squash. I bought two packages of that and a couple of carrots, the big fat juicing carrots, you know, those loose single carrots and a couple of sweet potatoes. So I sauteed an onion first, added in a drop of salt. I sauteed it in about maybe a teaspoon of olive oil, really not a lot. And then I threw in the cubed packages of butternut squash, um, after that so onion had sautéed down a little bit. I'm not sure if I said that, sorry. And I threw in um, the butternut squash, chunked up bits of carrot, chunked up bits of 
uh, sweet potato and then I filled the water up just to the top of the vegetable line and I boiled that down till it was soft. Um, took about 40 minutes, you know, because everything was like cubed up so that was good. It makes it go a little faster. Um, and then I let it go on low for about another 40 minutes just so it thickens up naturally that you don't have to add in any, you know, thickeners. Um, and then I added in a little bit more salt and what a beautiful, you know, I always say marriage of flavors, a little bit of curry. Curry and butternut squash is delicious together. My kids walked in the door at five o'clock from school this week. I think it was Tuesday that I did it and they smelt this delicious butternut squash soup cooking. But I also did a very same concept, saute the onion down with mushrooms and zucchinis. I was in Costco on Monday. They had these big, big packages of cremini mushrooms. So I bought two of them. Um, I'm not even sure the size, so I do apologize, maybe 32 ounce, but those really big packages that you can get. So, um, And you can use all different mu- mushrooms. You can use portobello, cremini, uh, white button. I'm just try- trying to think of the top of my head of oyster mushrooms. Shiitake, that's really very full of flavor. I cleaned them up, diced them up, sauteed them with an onion, and then threw in about four or five big fat zucchinis, uh, filled up water to the top of the vegetable line, um, and then I, you know, uh, cooked that till it was soft. Then I zhuzhed it, and then I cooked it another 40 minutes till it thickened. Add just salt. I didn't even add in any um, other spices, and it was delicious. So that was two really easy soups, the same concept. Just you always start everything with a sautéed onion. I think that was my grandmother's favorite expression. Start off with a, in Yiddish I'll say it, gepregel tetsibela. <laughs> There's my Yiddish. That's about it. Um, so I started off with my gepregel tetsibela, and then I added in either, I, you know, the orange orange veggies or then the uh, mushrooms and the zucchinis. And you could do it all together. You could add all those vegetables and make one giant soup. So we've been doing What's for dinner is all about the soups this week. And my daughter texted me yesterday on Thursday night. I got the text at four o'clock and I was laughing. What's for dinner? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why this sh- this segment is called What's for Dinner. So I just want to share with you um, two, I- well, one idea about Mishlach uh, Monot that I'm going to be making. I got it from a website. Um, I-, I haven't met her in person um, I know her la- name is Marlene. It's from the JewishHostess.com, and she also has a Facebook page. Um, she had a really great idea. I'm pretty sure it was, it was, it was her idea. She t- made a challah, a round challah in a round pan, but a bunt, so it had a hole in the middle, and then she stuck a bottle of wine through it. So the wine was surrounded by the challah. So it was really cute. I, I'm totally going to try that. So if you're getting shalach manot, actually, just from me, my husband is an avel, so apparently he's not allowed to give shalach manot, but it'll come from me and my girls, um, some beautiful challah, fresh challah with a nice bottle of, yes, white wine, because we don't do the reds, unless we do the um, the cream malaga, shout out for my husband there. Um, so I decided this week also to join Twitter. I joined it, but I don't know what to do with it yet. So I'm learning, so um, if you want to follow along with me, what tweet while I tweet? Is that how you say it? While I tweet? Getting a nod from Avrama, yes. Um, while I tweet, um, I think it goes under my actual name, Naomi Nachman. Not the Aussie Gourmet, not Table for Two. It'll be under Naomi Nachman. Um, and I'll be sharing some of my cooking adventures with you. Um, I was conversation with um, earlier with Jay about Jay Inspire, that I did a cooking class for them in Queens this week. And we did Purim sort of ideas. So we actually did them dairy because a lot of the women uh, want a dairy. 
Uh, so we did sweet potato. I know I'm getting a look from a frummy. I know you can still drink and have a dairy soda. <laughs> uh, last week I did spare ribs uh, in the Jewish home magazine newspaper that I write for. So uh, it's also found on my website, how to do spare ribs for the soda. Um, you can go to my website, theaussiegourmet.com and get my melt away spare ribs recipe. Uh, by the way, that freezes really well. Um, but also... We did sweet potato hamantaschen. You'll find that on my blog. We did sweet potato hamantaschen. You know, everyone thinks you have to bite into chocolate or, a, you know, it has a cookie dough with a sweet filling. This is actually savory because it's made with puff pastry and the filling inside is sweet potato. You can also do sautéed mushrooms or um, spinach and you can do all, all different color hamantaschens. But they're actually, it's more of an appetizer for soda. I just made a little drizzle of... Um, so I, I uh, thickened up some duck sauce with a little teriyaki sauce and mustard, and I made like a little drizzle. It really, the women loved it. it presented really very nicely. A goat cheese salad with a raspberry vinaigrette, and we also did um, some absolutely delicious fish, which is also on my website, pistachio crusted salmon, which you can actually also find on my website. So most of those recipes you will find on my website, on my blog, um, the AussieGourmet.com. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman at the Nachum Siegel Network. And our sponsors this week, once again, is Traditions Kosher, where you can order your fabulous Purim Surah, which is about a week away, a little over a week away now. So, you know, wherever, everyone's running around, I know, in five towns, and I'm sure in everyone's local neighborhoods, everyone's picking out their bags and their costumes. My kids were very busy, like, looking on Amazon for a really cool costume to wear. I'm like, girls, please do something that I don't have to pay the extra shipping on because you've left it, like, a week before. So we might have to go down to uh, some of the uh, stores and have a look at um, on Central Avenue if they have any Purim costumes. But I just really want to thank my guests this week. Uh, we had Danny Mushmeyer from Neve Daniel. It's well and truly Shabbos by now. In uh, Israel, he spoke about the soldiers getting Mishlach Manot and how you can um, reach out to the Chaylim. I'll put that on my website and, and send some Chaylim, some Mishlach Manot, as well as your family. And we spoke to Hannah Bienenstock, who said um, about her bake sale. You can come down to uh, Shira Pearl's house in Woodsburg, and I'll put that information up on my website also, and the days and the times that the Mishlach Manot are uh, for, available for purchase, as well as some of the beautiful baked goods that they have. And, of course, a big thank you to Jay Booksbaum for spending lots of time with me this morning, especially we're still new on the air, and you know, he really gave us his best, best time to come down and talk to us on an era of Shabbos. So we really appreciate everything that he did for us today and all the education that he gave us. And, of course, really we have to take everything what he said besides about the delicious wines, about drinking responsibly on Purim that's coming up. And he's going to come back and talk to us after Purim. We're going to talk to him about Pesach wines and all the different choices that we've got there, you know, from, you know, heavy, heavy duty, uh, high alcohol content to the lower alcohol content for uh, the Suda, uh, for the Sudas. I've got Suda in my head for the Sudarim. So thank you very much for listening. We hope you'll tune in next week. If you have something you want to share with me, an event or a bake sale, please let me know through my website or you can reach me at theaussiegourmet at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And now we're going to have some Shabbos music played by our, well, I should say sponsored by our friends at Kedem Wines. 
all the way till Lech Benching. Have a great Shabbos, and I will talk to you next week.